0: Welcome to the Axe Church UK Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! We started last week with a message called God is Good. And this year, I want us to, you know, really discover for ourselves the goodness of God and to draw near to God. And so if you're taking it on notes, uh, the topic for the title for today's message is titled How to Be a Good Listener. Because I want us not just to draw near to God, but I also want us to get better at hearing from God. And and for us to experience all the good that God has in store for us, we need to also train ourselves to hear Him better so we do not miss out His plans and His purposes for us. You know, many times we are trying to figure out our future and we're praying to God for this, maybe this job, maybe this person, maybe this path, maybe this country. No, friends, I want you to know that the right way to pray is to pray for purpose. And when you hear God's purpose, you know, He will lead you. But to hear from God, we got to, you know, get confident in our ability to tune into His voice. So today, I'm going to warn you, our message will be a little bit heavy on Scripture, but I prepared our XTV crew in advance, uh, so we should be able to help you through this. And so, you know, I want to give us some spiritual pointers, but also some practical pointers. And so, I want us to start by turning to the first Scripture of a few Scriptures today, John chapter 10, verse 27. How to be a good listener. The first step in being a good listener and to hear accurately the voice of God is to believe that you can hear from God many times you buy into the lie that we are not spiritual enough to hear from God or we're not Christian enough to hear from God and there are different things you might feel like you're not holy enough to hear from God but the truth is so far from that you know scripture says in John chapter 10 verse 27 that my sheep hear my voice and I know them, and they follow me. Notice here that this is Jesus speaking. He says, my sheep hear my voice. It doesn't say my sheep will eventually learn to recognize my voice. It doesn't say my sheep might or might not know my voice. It doesn't say my sheep, after they become Christian for enough time, after they fast and pray, then they will hear my voice. It says my sheep hear my voice. Full start. And so, I want us the first step is to embrace the fact that there is nothing wrong with you. Turn to your neighbor and says, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with your spiritual ears. You can hear from God. But I still want to give us some practical pointers on how we can grow more confident when we hear from God. And I don't think there's anything wrong with your spiritual ears, but there could be other external distractions that could be stopping God's voice from reaching your ears or stopping you from confidently knowing that that is God who is speaking. So, I'm going to give you five points and I'm going to give you all of them and then we'll go through them one by one. And these points hopefully will not only make you a good listener to the voice of God, but it'll just make you a good listener, period. So, you know, Husbands, take down notes. Wives, take down notes. Girlfriend, boyfriends, take down notes. Single people, take down notes. You know, this will help you. You know, one day, you're going to think back and go like, you know, your, your, your spouse is going to compliment you. Oh, you're such a good listener. And he'll be like, thank you. Ex-church. <laughs> Five points. Point number one, how to be a good listener. Remove distractions. You know, when someone says like, can, can we talk? He'll be there before. Your friends had his or her heart broken. And go like, oh, I really need someone to talk to. You know, the first thing you do is to remove distractions, right? You don't talk to your friend and constantly check your phone. You know, that's a sign of disrespect. What you do sometimes to show that I'm all yours is to actually take your phone and put it aside, right? That's that's just our way of saying that, oh, oh, poor thing, come sit down, you know? I'm clearing my schedule. What what are you doing? You're removing distraction. I'm putting away my phone. You're switching it off. Wow. So first thing to being a good listener, remove distractions. Second point, give time to listen to the other person. You know, we can't go like, oh, I'm going through a very really tough time. Can, can, can we talk? And then you go like, uh, um, I have 30 seconds until the, you know, the bus comes. Uh, so, 30 seconds. Come on, make it, make it count. Come. come on, what's the, what's the problem? You can't. If you do that, you're not a good listener. And if you're going to do that, don't do that. <laughs> okay? Point number three, when listening, look at the eyes of the one speaking. Right? I know it sounds common sense, but sometimes I just cannot take things for granted. Okay, just you know, when the person is speaking, look at the person's eyes. Don't look up, don't look down, no, don't look to the back. Sometimes we talk in a crowded room and the other is talking, and then you're distracted by the football match that's playing in the TV behind you. You know, you're distracted by you no know, different things, you know. The girl, the pretty girl that just walked in the door, you know. And so look at the eyes of the person they are talking to if you want to be a good listener. Point number four, listen with empathy. Put yourself in the shoes of the person doing the talking. Try to understand where they're coming from. And, and, and this is not just to be a shoulder to cry on for your friends. This is great for problem uh, and conflict resolution. And sometimes at work, you know, we have disagreement, and the person says, oh, have and you go like, okay, 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 Let, let's talk. Give the person time to speak, hear where the person is coming from, and try to understand. Where the person is coming from. Yeah? And point number five is also to watch for non-verbal cues. How many know that we speak more than just with our mouth? Right? Sometimes we speak also with our eyes, right? You know, if you're talking to someone and go like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and their eyes are closing. Are you here? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, they're not. You know, or you're talking to me, and you see your, you know, maybe you go like, oh, pastor, you know, is it okay for for me to, you know, uh, uh, I just want to gallivant. I just want to quit school and gallivant around Europe with my girlfriend. And I'll be like, oh, okay. Is that really? And you see your pastor thinking of what next to say, but he's fidgeting his hand, trying to hold his hand back from slapping you. No, I'm just joking. Uh, and... That's a nonverbal cue. That's going like, oh, you know, you know and maybe your pastor will be nice to say, oh, if that's something you really want to do. But if you look at his head, you go like that. That's not something he, I should be doing. Non-verbal cues. Amen? And so, five points. Remove distractions. Give time to listen. Look at the eyes of the person speaking. Listen with empathy and watch for non-verbal cues. Now, let's apply this to God. Let's apply these same principles uh, to our relationship to hearing from God. And so let's go back to point number one remove distractions. If you want to hear from God, you're going to learn to remove distractions from a life that could possibly stop you from hearing or to distract you from focusing on God. And this is not just me talking, this is from the Word of God, it's from the Bible. Let's turn to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And we'll be learning from the life of Jesus for a lot of these scriptures. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It actually says this In the morning, Having risen a long while before daylight, He went out and departed to a solitary place and there He prayed. And this He is none other than Jesus. And so, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. How did Jesus do His time with God? He woke up in the early morning while it was still dark, left the house, went away, to a secluded, solitary place, and then he prayed and he heard from God. And so sometimes it could be the distractions of life. Our distraction could be your phone. And so if you want to hear from God, you got to maybe turn off your phone for a while, switch off your data for a while. You know, it's, it's, it's so sad that we live in a world where we're so connected. You know, a lot of us were in multiple chat groups, and everybody's talking, but nobody's listening. And God wants us to maybe tune out from the noise of our phone, to tune in to Him. Maybe the noise is not coming from your phone. Maybe the noise is coming from your room. You know, don't tell me that the favourite place for you to hear from God is early in the morning while lying on your bed. I guarantee you, that that, that's you lying. That's your flesh speaking. You know, if if Jesus didn't do it, don't you do it. No, no, otherwise you'll be better than Jesus. Jesus woke up. Can you imagine in the early morning? When I read this, I was like, oh my word, I got to stop saying. I used to say this that I'm not a morning person, but I realize now if I want to be more like Jesus, I can't say it because Jesus was a morning person. In fact, He says that in the early morning, while it was before daylight, wow. What does it apply to us in modern day? Maybe it's as early as... You know, in the early morning, before the, the garbage truck arrives, how many know that, 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 that sound, right? Around 5 a.m., sometimes in my neighbourhood, I hear the beep, 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 beep. Grrr, 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 and just, you know, bins being thrown into the back of a truck. That means Jesus is up even before the first beep of the garbage truck. Don't even say alarm. And then He went away, you know, to a secluded place to pray. Because I guarantee you, if you wake up at 5 a.m., and you just sit on your bed you're not going to pray. You know, you're going to feel the Holy Spirit push you back. No, no, it's not the Holy Spirit. You know, it's your own flesh disguised as the Holy Spirit. You know, you might even go like, no, Pastor, I don't know why, but, but I, I felt such a demonic presence coming from my, my comforter, from my duvet. It suddenly came alive and told me, get back in here and then grab me. And then Pastor, I wanted to wake up to spare time with God, but I was cocooned. I had to pray to God to cast out the demon from my pillow. It was too comfortable. <laughs> it was massaging my head. Now, if you want to hear from God, you got to get out. you got to get out. And now, don't let things distract you. So Jesus had to do that. What other ways did Jesus remove distractions? In Luke chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Luke 5, chapter 16. But Jesus himself will often slip away to the wilderness to pray. Sometimes we say that, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm too busy. Uh, I'm constantly in the go. I don't think you're busier than Jesus. And Jesus could still often slip away to pray. You're talking about a person who was on a mission, a person who had a plan. And yet he did it, you know, often. The Bible is so clear. It didn't say, and he withdrew into the wilderness to pray thinking that maybe it's a once-a-year wilderness retreat. But no, He did it often. means that it wasn't just a one-off, once a year. Maybe it was every other day. Maybe it was multiple times a day. That's why it's often. Right? If you say once a day, you say that, and Jesus withdrew daily. But often means that throughout the day, Jesus would constantly ninja His way out, throw a smoke bomb and disappear, and to run away, not to escape the crowd, but to escape, to pray. And more than that, to hear from God. And so, if you want to fine-tune your ability to hear from God, if you want to be a good listener to the voice of God, you must also cultivate this habit of slipping away. Cultivate this habit of setting time apart to pray to seek God. And let's go one more scripture for our first point. In Mark chapter 6, verse 46, again, Jesus. We're drawing examples from Jesus. No better person to learn than Jesus. Mark Chapter 6, verse 46 says this, And when He had sent them away, He departed to the mountain. (laughs) Not some low area, not some cave, mountain to pray. I mean, think about that. And and context for this scripture is this, when He had sent them away, the five loaves and two fish feeding of 5,000 miracles had just happened. And He sent them away. How many of you have thrown a party before? right? A New Year's Eve party, a Christmas party, or homes, and you host it. It's at your place. And when it finishes, you say bye to people. So this is what Jesus had to do. He just hosted a dinner for 5,000 people. And then usually after homes, people don't immediately leave. Some people will leave immediately because they got places to go, exams the next day. You know, but other people, some people will just sit around, chill around. Some people might help to clean. Some people would sit around. Some people would help to finish the food. Some people would sit around and finish the food. You know, some people would you know volunteer to wash the place, even wipe the floor. Some people would just sit around. And so Jesus probably had to do the same thing after five thousand. He's like, all right, bye guys. So bye, Jesus, bye. I'll see you on Sunday. Okay, cool. See you. Bye. And there were some people still eating the crumbs. Oh, okay, cool. You, you want some more? You're okay? Yeah. Maybe some people were helping Jesus with the dishes if they used G- dishes at the time. And after all this, after he had sent them all away, what do you do usually? Come on, those of you who have hosted parties before, you know, after you close, bye, bye. ka The first thing you do is deep breath. Some of you finally sit down. Some you collapse onto your bed and fall asleep. And some of you, I know maybe you're very OCD, you're cleaning. Now you, you, then you put on your rubber gloves and go like, now the real cleaning begins. <laughs> because maybe some people were helpful, but they only made things worse. And you go like, oh, no, that's the... You know, because you're very particular. You have mop for the bathroom, mop for each room. And then the person's using the mop for the bathroom for your living room. And you're there like, ah! But you're trying not to do anything because you're trying to be a gracious host. You know, or maybe they wash all the dishes, but they didn't wash properly. And then now you're, you're washing double. Right? That's what you do. Some people might, you know, I, something I, I do, to be honest, is uh, I close the door and uh, I make myself a cup of coffee and sit down, enjoy, and kind of like review the day, review the meeting. But Jesus didn't do that. He didn't sit down to make Himself a cup of coffee. Instead, it says that He departed to the mountain to pray. When you're most tired, don't say, Pastor, I, I, I want to hear from God, but I'm so tired of time to spend time with God. After work, I'm so tired. After class, I'm so tired. I just want to sleep. I don't even want to eat. I just want to sleep. I, 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 I bet you Jesus wanted to sleep. Yeah. And after he sent 5,000, did you, have you ever sent 5,000 people away? Some of you, you send 50 people away, you'll be like, oh my word, may I never have another. You, know? you thank God that New Year's party was only once a year. But Jesus said 5,000 people, bye, bye, bye. You know, and some people say, oh, Jesus, we we'll want to go, but the kids just want to say hi again. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, now bye, bye, bye. And then some person going, no, 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 Jesus, you go in first. No, 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 you go first. No, 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 you go first. No, 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 you go first. Maybe there's some Asians in the Middle East. No, no, Jesus, after you, please. No, no, after you. And after all that, he still went, not to a valley, not to a cave. To the mountain. Talk about effort after effort. Talk about removing distraction. And, and, and he's like, oh, am so tired. But you know what? Hearing from God is more important. Hearing one word from God will be able to soothe all my aching bones. One word from God can do more for me than a massage can. One word from God can fill me, recharge me more than a good night's sleep. So I'm climbing a mountain so that I remove all distractions so that I can hear from God. You want to be a good listener? Come on. 2019, start removing the distractions in your life. Whether it's your room, whether it's your phone, whether it's your routine, come on, make space for God. Point number two, give time to listen. How many know that when listening to a friend, especially a friend that's going through stuff, you can't rush it? Trust me, as a pastor, I tried rushing, and it failed. There's one time, you know, talking about saying bye to people after homes uh, of, of when we first came over. that person shall not be named, and um, but but he's he's gone back to his home country, so he's not here, so he's safe. And so we're saying bye to people, bye 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 bye, and I turn around, there's still someone sitting there, and I go like, oh hi brother, you you okay? Uh, oh yeah. Can, can can we talk, pastor? I'm like. And like your brain goes like, oh, it's going to be one of those nights. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Sure, I'm, I'm here to serve. I'm here to love people. And, and I thought I was ready. I was ready. True story. I was ready to lend my ear and to be, you know, as understanding as possible. But then when this brother opened up, oh, Pastor, I recently broke up with my girlfriend. In fact, I got dumped. I'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Are you okay? Yeah. Oh, how, no, how did it happen? Oh, to tell you this story, Pastor... I'm to start at the very beginning. <laughs> and I was like, okay. It's okay, I can do this, I can do this. So you sit down, and the person says, uh, so, so when did it happen? Oh, no, 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 I, I don't want to start there first. So two years ago. <laughs> and I thought, okay, okay, some context is fine, two years ago. So on the first day of this internship, I saw this girl, and I like, okay. And then the second day, I was more curious about her. All right, cool, cool. And on the third day, I got. So when you guys get together, oh, uh, after two months, uh, but but he hasn't come to that point yet, you know. So on the fourth day, and I tried, friends, I tried to like like okay, okay, like like let's let's move it on, let's move it on. And he kept going back. And just when I thought I got him to like, so how do you break up? So was that the issue? Yeah, yeah, that was the issue. Yeah, but I think this issue started during the second month, they'll be like, to be a good listener, you got to give time. We need to give time to God. Scripture says this, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 40, Jesus again, He came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And He said to Peter, what, could you not watch with me for one hour? How many of you here if you say I want to hear from you, God, you will give God an hour just to speak. One hour of disconnection from the rest of the world, one hour without internet. I see some of you scratching your hands already, like you know, you're like, oh, now without internet, but my my, my social media feed. How would I know what my friends are going through? But well, yeah, what's more important, what your friends are going through or what God wants you to go through? And and and, and Jesus was challenging his disciples. Could you not even give me an hour? you notice that Jesus minimum standard? I say minimum because we'll go to the maximum in a while. Minimum. Can't you just unplug and tune in with me? Can't you watch with me? Can't you be on me for at least an hour? One hour where you cut away every distraction? One hour away from the noise? One hour, could you not even do that? Sometimes you want to hear from God, but we go like, God speak now, now, now. I mean, God's not a waiter that you call when you... Snap your fingers. You gotta give God time to speak. You gotta honor God with your time. And so maybe in 2019 you gotta go like God this year. I to give you more time. And some of you might be thinking, but Pastor, I don't, I don't have you know one hour to spare. I think early on in the point Jesus hinted, yeah, you know where you have one hour to spare in the early mornings. You know what? What's one thing? Don't skip classes. Don't don't tell me, Pastor, I skip classes to hear from God and. <laughs> Pastor, I wanted to hear from God today so I didn't come to church. I'm showing you some non-verbal cues right now. No, instead, maybe you need to sacrifice like Jesus. Sacrifice some sleep. Honor God with, for some of us, the most precious thing is sleep. Come on. And that's the perfect sacrifice for God. And God says, Come on, you want to hear from me? Can't you do an hour? Oh, Ouch. That's something we could got to check ourselves. Because some of us, are guilty of that. We don't hear from God, but we, we can't even stand still for an hour. We can't even not check our phone for an hour. And God is saying that, come on, you won't do that. But not just that. Like I said, that's the minimum. No, Jesus brought it all the way in Luke chapter 6, verse 12. It says this, Now it came to pass in those days that He went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. How many of you are so desperate to hear from God that you will unplug for an entire night. I tell you, if your pastor calls for an overnight prayer, nobody will come. <laughs> you know, maybe Pastor Cat, because she's my wife, she has no choice. <laughs> and the dog, maybe. <laughs> but even the dog will abandon me halfway, I think. You know? But, but, come on. Jesus is like, can't you do an hour? Because I can do a whole night. Are you you desperate to hear from God? Would you give God? Would you give God time? Would you honor Him, give Him space and time to speak to you? One hour of download. One night of download. I'm not asking you to do this every day, but maybe we can work towards it. If you're only giving God less than a minute, give Him 15 minutes. If you're giving Him 15 minutes, give Him half an hour. If you're giving Him half an hour, aim for one hour. If you give Him one hour, maybe once a year, tell yourself, once a year, I want to go away for an overnight download from Jesus. Wow, I pray that in 2019, there will be one thing on your spiritual bucket list. Don't just have a bucket list of, I want to travel this, I want to travel that. Why don't you have a spiritual bucket list of, I want to experience God in this way. I want to lead a friend to Christ. I, I want to pray for someone and see them healed. You know, I, want to, I want to spend one whole night just soaking in God's presence. Well, I'll tell you, that one night, you're going to walk away, transformed, change, absolutely delivered by the glory of God. Amen? So to be a good listener, you got to give time. So give God time. Point number three is this. Look at the eyes of the person doing the talking. Now, I know some of you are smart. you be thinking, how do we look at the eyes of God? Pastor, that's impossible. That's like staring at the sun. We'll go blind. What does the Bible talk about the eyes of God? If you can't look at God's eye and see Him eyeball to eyeball, because that's impossible. We we can't do that. We'll be able to do that in heaven, praise God. But until that day, we can't see God eye to eye, but we can look at what He looks at. And that's another way where we can focus. I, I, I used to, you know, I had to learn this when I... First took over campus ministry when many years ago when I was serving in Malaysia, and uh, my first interaction with international students from, from Africa, and uh, there's this guy, such a great brother, and uh, he's from Nigeria. And I didn't know this, but in Nigeria they have a culture where the man of God, whether it's a pastor or some sort some sort of a, a church leadership, if they really respect you, you know, if you're, they want it, the way one of the ways they show honor uh, is sometimes in church they'll offer to carry your Bible because they, it's, it's like their way of serving you. It's kind of a cultural thing. But another way is also to not look you in the eye. Because to look you in the eye is a sign of disrespect because, oh, I'm not worthy to look you in the eye. So I still remember when I first welcomed this brother, I said, oh, brother, how are you? been coming Are you enjoying yourself? And he's like, yes, yes, Pastor, I'm enjoying myself. But he he refused to look me in the eye. And I was like trying to shift my gaze to meet him in the eye. And so both of us were like trying to, he was trying to avoid me, I was trying to look at him. And in the end, I thought that, okay, the best way is I'll just stand next to him and we'll both look at the floor. And we'll both talk. And, so, and, and that was another sign of respect. So if you don't look at me, okay, I, I will respect that. And let's look at the floor together, but let's have a conversation. So if we can't look God eyeball to eyeball, the least we could do is focus in on what He looks at. And Scripture actually gives us very clear descriptions of what God looks at. And so in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, Talks about the eyes of the Lord. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly, therefore, from now you shall have wars. So the context is this God will try and say that, look, God doesn't look at your strength, God doesn't look at your external, God looks at your heart. And because this king didn't honor God in his heart, he's gonna have calamity. And so sometimes we are not hearing from God because our heart is standing in the way. There is disobedience in our heart. And, we can, and God is so good. And that's, I find, the modern Christian tragedy. God is so good that we take Him for granted. God is so good. He loves us. He died for our sins. The Bible says He will never leave us or forsake us. And because of that, we take it for granted because God is good, I don't have to come on time to church. Because God is good, I, I can give him whatever I want. Spare change, here you go, God. But that's not honorable. And sometimes our own heart, the Bible says your heart is deceitful. Your heart cannot be trusted. And sometimes we want to hear from God, but there's disobedience in our heart. And so what this means is this if you want to hear from God, maybe the first thing you gotta do is check your heart and check the need for repentance. Because maybe it's your heart that's blocking your disobedience, your secret sin, your unforgiveness. You know whatever uh, toxic emotional baggage you have is stopping you from hearing God. And God is saying, "Forgive." But then you can go like, "What's that?" God, come again. God is saying, "Forgive." And you go like, "What? What's that? What for? Who? For who?" No, forgive. Give what? Give four? Give $4? No, four dollars? No, for. Because it's your heart. There's stinginess, there's selfishness, there's self-centeredness. And and when you come before God, you also need to check your heart and say, God, I want to hear from you, but God, may you purify my heart right now. And God, I come before you fully knowing who I am, knowing your place when you come before God. I'm not entitled to anything. We live in a society where it's so easy for us to you know be entitled. You know, and sometimes we do this unknowingly. And we joke about first world problems. And today before church, you know, I was talking to a brother and saying, oh, we should check out that, you know, restaurant. it would be quite fun. And the brother said, yeah, let's go do it. And then this brother said, oh yeah, but it's too far. And I'm like, but it's your side of town. Yeah, but then I have to take another train to go south and then go west. And the other brother said, yeah, I have to travel two hours. And sometimes we don't even realize that we had a good laugh about it. Oh, that was a real first world problem. You know, we, sometimes we take we God for granted We come to God with an entitled first world problem mentality. God, why are you not speaking to me now? God, I need the answer now. God, my deadline is tomorrow. Why aren't you? Come on, man. You got to check your heart and go like, who am I? Who am I to speak to God like that? You know, I totally get so irritated when people say things like, I'm so disappointed with God. You, disappointed with God? You, the sinner, disappointed with God who never sinned? You who is not faithful is disappointed with He who is never who is faithful even though you're unfaithful. Come on, check your heart. Of course, sometimes if I don't know the person that well, I can't say that. So I give some non-verbal cues. I go like, hmm. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Go, oh disappointed. Hmm. So the next time you hear me go, hmm, <laughs> check your heart. First Peter chapter three verse twelve says again about the eyes of the Lord. For the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous, and His ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Is there disobedience in your life? Again, the Bible reminds us, consistently, it doesn't say the eyes of the Lord are shining and blazing with the glory of 10,000 suns. No, it says the eyes of the Lord is on your heart. The eyes of the Lord is on your character. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And if you are living intentionally a disobedient life, then the face of the Lord, don't even say the eyes, the face of the Lord will be turned against you. God won't even look at you. He won't even be facing towards you. And so if you want to hear from God, what's the best way to hear from a person when you sit with them face to face, when you're standing in the direction that they're speaking? But when God, due to the unfaithfulness in life, turns away, how can we hear from Him? So, you got to focus again. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Come on. Ask yourself if every time you want to hear from God, God, create in me a righteous heart. Righteous. That means right, not according to my standard, but your standard, God. Sometimes it's very easy for us Christians to go like, but I'm not so bad. I'm quite a good Christian. I'm not like my other Christian friends. Well, look at us, selling our brothers out. <laughs> Instead, we should go like, God... Make me righteous, God, or oh, my ways, no matter how good I am, it cannot be compared to you. You approach God humility, and then God's face turns towards you. Hebrews chapter four, verse 13, another verse to talk about the eyes of the Lord. For there is no creature hidden from His sight. All things are naked and open to the account of the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. In other words, God is saying, there is nothing that can he- be hidden from me. Sometimes we think that we can have our cake and eat it too. I've got something that I know is not right, but I demand that God blesses my plans. But God is saying that nothing is hidden from me. Not a single action. In fact, it goes further than that. No creature is hidden. Specifically, creature. And when I read this, I go, I think of all the creepy creatures living thousands of leagues under the ocean. Have you seen those, you know, pictures? Every now and then you get like a news report of a gigantic squid that died and get washed up to shore. And they go like, whoa, there are creatures that are so messed up, fish with teeth, living in our ocean. And God says, I see them all. There's nothing that can be hidden from me. And so you got to learn to account The Bible says, we must give an account. One day we're going to give an account. Why not start giving small accounts right now? God, I need to hear from you. God, I know I messed up. Just saying that, coming to that humility of admitting that, God, I messed up, accounting that. Man, you're going to hear from God clearer than you being there, trying to ask God, God, speak to me, but please don't touch the elephant in the room. And God says, I see all creatures. What more than elephant in the room? So, Point number three, look at the eyes of the one speaking. Look at what God is looking at. He always looks at the heart. Point number four, listen with empathy. And I know before I go on, some of you might be thinking, oh, wow, does this mean what would I do if I'm God? And it's all you are thinking, oh, wow, how to hear from God? Put yourself in God's shoes. No, 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 I'm not saying that. But put yourself, you know, and, and, and try to understand God knowing where He's coming from knowing full well His nature. Let's turn to some scriptures that will be able to explain this. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, if you know God's nature, you will be able to take what He says. Sometimes we tell ourselves, I'm not hearing God, or I can't hear the voice of God, not because God is not speaking, but because God is not speaking what you want to hear. And you're pretending to be deaf. Because you either don't trust God's instruction, but if you know his character, you would not take him for granted and your heart will be open to him. You know, for example, you know, some of you here, maybe you know, you, you know Justin, for example, and you know that this brother is always very kind, he's always very generous, you know, because he was always buying people meals, and one day you're short of cash, and you went out to a restaurant, and and, and because you know Justin's character. And, and how he's going to be a good friend, you're able to turn to him and go like, brother, I know it's last minute, but could you pay for me today? And, and Justin will, will I, I, won't, I won't speak for Justin. But you know, we, when you know a person's character, you, you're able to approach them. And even if, even if Justin says, oh, sorry, I can't, you won't be offended because you know his character. You go like, oh, actually, my brother's always been generous. He's always been giving. And so if he says no, there must be a good reason. And so if you know from Scripture, it says here, First John chapter 4, verse 8 to 9, that God is love. Because He says, He who does not know love does not know God. For God is love. And so if you know that God is love, even when God gives you tough love, you still know that He is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us. That God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. So the next time you're praying to God, and go like, God... I really want this. And God is saying, no. Come again, God. No. Come again, God. No. Understand where God is coming from. This is a God who is love. This is a God who sacrificed His own Son so that we didn't need to suffer. Do you think He is going to withhold back good things from you? And, and when you understand the, the, the heart of God, you understand you're able to take anything from Him. You know, it's as simple as, as, as asking God for a free upgrade. And every time I travel, I go like, God, please free upgrade. And I heard God says, no. And I don't question. I don't go like, God, I deserve this. I just go to like, God who gave His own son for me. And if He says that I don't need a business class upgrade, I don't need a business class upgrade. I can accept that. But me and Pastor Cat, you know, when we first got married, you know, God gave us a call to come over to the UK to build His church. And we had just gotten married. And, and we were like, we haven't even Enjoy married life and God already placed this calling in our hearts. And some of you might or might not know this, but our first year of being in the UK, there was no pay. It wasn't like God saying, come to the UK and I will pay you. When we first came over the first year, we were surviving on our savings. On top of that, we still needed to pay the loan for our house. And as I'm speaking to you right now, I have a property in Malaysia that I don't get to enjoy. I have a couch that I don't get to enjoy. I have a bed, a very good bed, that I don't get to enjoy. <laughs> I'm seeing the good bed because my bed right now is not so good. <laughs> and every morning when I wake up with a backache, I dream of the bed in Malaysia alone. With nobody to lie on the bed. <laughs> but because God is good, we're able to do it. When God says go, oh, even though no pay, even though Pastor Cat had to say no to a promotion, even though we had to continue pay a cost, even though we know all this is part of the calling, we are able to do it because we know the nature of God. Because God is love. And if he ask me to sacrifice, that sacrifice will not kill me. That sacrifice will build me. And I want to be built by God because God is good. Because God is love. Let's go to another scripture. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. This is the nature of God. God is not man that He should lie, nor a son of man that He should repent or in other words, change His mind when He says things. Has He said and will He not do? Has He spoken and will He not make it good? Has God spoken over your life? Then trust that He will make it happen. You know, if God calls you to do something, He will be with you. If God asks you to to, to step out, He will be with you. He's not a person who, who, who pranks us. He's not a person who changes His promise. If He says it, He will do it. And so when you're trying to listen to God, and sometimes we are asking God for confirmation. And it's not that God hasn't spoken, you're demanding that God speak a second time so that you have the courage to do the right thing. But God is trying to tell you, look, if you really know my character, you wouldn't need me to say it a second time. If you really love me, you wouldn't need me to say it a second time. Because I, I, I am a person who doesn't ask you to go to your doom. I'm here to give you life and life to the full. So trust in my nature. In Psalm 18, one last verse. Verse 30. As for God, the wo- His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield of all who trust in Him. Don't be afraid to trust in the voice of God because He is a shield. Some of you, God is speaking, but you're afraid to trust. It's not that you're not hearing from God, you're afraid to trust. God is saying that give more, but you're afraid to trust God with your finances. But if you trust God with your finances, He will shield the rest of your finances. If you trust God with your time, He will shield the rest of your time. If you trust God with your studies, He will shield the rest of your studies. If you trust God with your career, He will shield the rest of your career. This is the promised Word of God because His way is perfect. God's instructions is perfect. It doesn't come with any strings attached. It's perfect. So learn to embrace. Learn to relax and lean back on the voice of God. Last point as we go into non-verbal cues. So how many points now so far? Right? Right? remove distractions be like jesus get out in the early morning to spend time with god give time to listen be like jesus give an hour if you can give a whole night or at least aim to give a whole night you know look at the eyes of the one speaking look at what god is looking at look at your heart when you are sitting there trying to tune into the voice of god listen with empathy you know understand where god because sometimes when you know god's character sometimes you don't even need to ask Sometimes, you know, you don't need to ask God, God, should I murder my friend? God is love. Duh, you don't need to even ask that. He's not going to ask you to murder anyone. Sometimes you ask questions like this, God, should I forgive my friend? Duh, God is love. Our very faith is built on forgiveness. How can you not forgive? God, I'm so angry at my friend. I feel like keeping this anger. I'm so offended. You don't need God to tell you repent. Just repent on the fact that you know the nature of God. In other words, when you know the nature of God, God is speaking even though you can't hear anything. Amen? God's silence speaks because His character, His heart speaks. So, last but not least, talking about nonverbal stuff, talking about silence, watch for nonverbal cues. If your friend is saying to you, No, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm breathing. and a tear is streaking down her cheek, no, please don't go. It's okay. It's only my birthday. I'm fine eating lunch alone. No, 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 no. I don't totally understand. Don't totally understand. And even though that tear doesn't make a noise, your friend's not okay. Learn to read nonverbal cues. So when it comes to God, you know what are some nonverbal cues? Let's go to at least two scriptures, and we'll wrap up today. 2 Timothy chapter three verse sixteen to seventeen. Second Tim. 3 16 17 all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of god and women of god may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work some of us we go like Oh, i can't hear from you maybe god's already spoken in his word so instead of just trying to and that's another thing some of us we choose and pick by our own standards, how we want God to speak. I still remember one time, there was a person who approached one of our coordinators in Bristol, Tiong, and asked him, you know, I I, I want God to speak to me, but can He speak to me not through the Holy Spirit? And I thank God that Tiong had so much wisdom to go like, but the Holy Spirit is God. (laughs) Like, who are you asking for? And so, sometimes we only want God to hear, we only want God to speak, and you know, we only want to hear the voice of God. But God is saying that I speak through my word as well. And my word is perfect. Every scripture, every line, every verse is an inspiration given by God. It is profitable for everything, for doctrine, for the spiritual stuff, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And it says there in verse 17, for every good work. Sometimes you go like, God, I I need financial advice. It's actually in the Word of God. God, I need dating advice. It's actually in the Word of God. God, I need study advice. It's actually in the Word of God. Because the Word of God says this for every good work. doesn't matter whether your pastor has kids or not. The Word of God, if your pastor refers to the Word of God, he's able to advise you on parenting. He's able to advise you on financial management. He's able to advise you on how to run your company because the Word of God is perfect to equip us for every good work. Amen? So that's another non-verbal cue. If God's not speaking, go to His Word. And let's go to last scripture for today. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20. Another non-verbal cue. How does God speak? God speaks through His voice. God speaks by impressing our heart. And we need to remove distractions. And tune to him, we gotta clear the cachet of our heart. We also gotta look at non-verbal cues like his word, but also non-verbal cues like leadership. It says here, listen to counsel, receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. Do you know that God placed leaders, pastors over your life for a purpose? Now, I know this is strange coming from me, right? I'm not asking you to obey me. No, I'm imperfect. But trust me when I say this, that God does use us. And that God does use people that He've appointed into leadership. When you have a problem, don't talk to your friend who is equally clueless like you. Talk to your home leader. And if you like a home leader, can't cut it, talk to your pastors. Talk to them. I was just talking to our church in Bristol yesterday, and I said that actually I've been, this year will be me 25 years being a Christian. And some of them, their jaws dropped because they're not even 25 in real age. So in other words, when they were probably learning to speak, your pastor was learning to speak in tongues. So I'm not bragging, but I'm also saying that God's brought your pastors and godly role models in your life, you know, for a purpose. God's placed wisdom in them for a purpose. Don't be afraid to go up to them. Sometimes we opt... Not to do this because, again, we don't like what our pastors are saying. And we go like, no, my pastors are only human. Can can we learn to love our pastors? You know, can we learn to respect the men and women of God that God has placed over our life? The leadership God has placed in our life? You know, can we not be so fast to criticize, not just our church, but any church? Don't ever, you know, I hate this, don't ever judge preaching. You know, sometimes people come to me and go like, "Oh, I really, I think I'm gonna stay in this church because you know I, I love the preaching coming from you no know, the previous church I was at the preaching was so boring." Do you know when I when I hear someone say that I secretly pray God may this person not join our church because I'm not gonna be able to preach great every day, and I don't want to be uh, having a ticking time bomb in the midst of a congregation <laughs> coming to church. You know auditing the pastor's preaching. No, no, it's not about the pastor's preaching. It's about the pastor's consistency it's about the pastor's track record. If you're going to go to godly counsel and, and sometimes you go like, oh, I go to my Christian friends. Do you know your Christian friends are, sometimes can be equally clueless like you? Yeah. At least go to Christian friends with a credible track record. Don't go to the person who, you know, sometimes it's good to have peer-to-peer accountability, but never be afraid to go to people who are older, wiser, who have walked longer and sit under the counsel. And the Word of God promises that you will be wise for the rest of your days. You know, your pastors might not look like much, but they are wise. And they might be able to give you pointers and, 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 and counsel, you know, to, to build your business or to, you know, run your marriage or to, you know, find a right life partner. Come on, trust also in the voice of God in a nonverbal way that He speaks. Amen? So to wrap it up, let's go back to the five points again. Remove distraction. Give time to listen. Look at the eyes of the one speaking. Listen with empathy and watch for nonverbal cues. As we wrap up today's message, please bear in mind that this is also not a priority list. I'm not asking you to say, go to God first and then when that doesn't happen, go to the Word of God. And then when the Word of God doesn't work for you, then go to your pastors. No, all this can work together. As you go to God, go to your pastors as well. So that when you hear from your pastors and when you hear from God, you find that there's a biblical syncing up of the wisdom and truth that they are giving you. When you speak to your pastors, go to the Word of God as well and find that there's a biblical syncing up and go like, wow, there's a consistency. God, I think you're trying to tell me something. You know, your voice is telling me something, but your Word is also telling me you something, but your pastor is also telling me something. I, God, I think this is what you want me to do. Amen? So 2019, I pray that this will be the year we become good listeners, confident in hearing the voice of God so that God can use you. Can you imagine how powerful, you know, the move of God will be in this city if we all become confident to hear the voice of God? You know, can you imagine walking into a restaurant and you immediately have a word to release to the people working there? You know, if some of you, if you've had meals with me before, you'll notice that, you know, I I make a point to be nice and sometimes even talk to the waiters, waitresses, get to know them. And because I learned this when I was a student for like like a lot of years here, there was one time I heard from this pastor who was so in sync to the Holy Spirit. You know, this man, he said, my testimony is this, I never went to school. I was, uh, you know, I, I went to prison, in fact. You know, I was a thug, I was a gangster. You know, I hated school and, uh, and I, my life hit such a low point. I went to prison and found Jesus. I came out, so I'm illiterate. But the only thing I learned to read was the Bible. And, and now when I walk around, you know, even though of my past, I'm, uh, God constantly gives me a word and he's a pastor. So he told me this testimony one time. He went with his wife uh, to sit at this diner to have a meal and the waitress came and took their order and at the end of the meal, the check came. And instead of you know, not only giving the waitress an, a nice tip because it's always good to be generous, he looked to the waitress and go like, you know what, I'm a pastor. I know you don't know me, but I just want you to know that whatever you're going through is not the end and God has a solution for you. This is my card. My church is just down the road. Whenever you're free to talk or if you're ever interested to find out more about what God has in store for you, come and look us up. Before the lady could even take the card, she started breaking down in tears and going like, how did you know I was going through such a rough, you know, I know you, every single word that you say just touched me. I really felt like giving up. I really felt like ending it all. But, but thank you. See, how powerful it can be when you go to class. And when your friend turns to you with a problem, and even before the person shares a problem, you hear from God, and you release a word. And you go like, you know, sister, can I pray for you? You know that, you know, or you go to work, and your colleague looks down, and then you, before anything, you turn to your colleague and say that, hey, brother, I want you to know that provision is coming. Your bills that you're suffering with are going to be paid in Jesus' name. And it could be, oh, how, how, how do you know? You see, God doesn't want us to just walk around and be secret agent Christians. I'm a Christian, but shh, don't tell anyone. But God actually wants us to influence our spheres and go in wherever college, wherever class, wherever house, wherever job He places us. If we can grow confident to hear from God, we're able to be confident to speak on behalf of God. From His Word, from His wisdom, from the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then, so the most important thing, if we're going to end this bonus point is this. The Bible also says, it's not good enough to just hear the voice of God. We need to be doers of the Word of God. Let's pray. Father Lord, we thank you Lord for your message today. And God, we want to grow more confident in hearing from you. We want to be good listeners. Not just to the friends, housemates and the people you place around us, but good listeners to the Holy Spirit. God, we want to speak what you've asked us to speak. Lord, we want to change in areas that you want us to change. God, we more than anything else, we just want to hear from you not for any personal gain. We just want to hear from you. Lord, in 2019, I pray this prayer of blessing that everyone in church will be able to hear God better. Everyone in church will be able to be good listeners to the Holy Spirit and not miss out on the plans and purposes of God for us. They will not be chasing after fads and trends, but will be chasing after the voice of God. Help us, Lord, to also be doers, not just hearers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit,